has reached epidemic proportions in America. I'm Dr. Paul Christo. This is Aches and Gains. Dr. Paul Christo is one of America's leading experts on relieving pain. He's board-certified, Harvard-trained, and a pain medicine specialist at Johns Hopkins. U.S. News and World Report ranks him as a top doctor and among the top 1% in the nation for pain management. Becker's Review selected him as one of the 70 best pain management physicians in America. He's listed as a super doctor for the Washington, D.C., Baltimore, Northern Virginia area. Aches and Gains is a weekly talk show covering all aspects of pain and pain relief. The human impact is real. Older adults, children, and even infants struggle to cope with pain. But there's hope, and there are treatments that can ease pain and suffering. The show offers compelling stories about people who've found relief. We share cutting-edge treatments from contributing experts, and we offer ways to help people cope with their pain. Welcome to the show. Have you ever had surgery or fractured one of your bones? Have you ever sprained your ankle? Well, many of us have, and most of us recover. But for some, the pain in the arm or leg doesn't go away. It begins feeling like an intense sunburn and can't be touched. It swells, changes colors, and becomes weak and ultimately crippling. This is Complex Regional Pain Syndrome, or RSD. Nicole Hemingway shares a harrowing story of how a minor basketball injury to her ankle when she was just 13 led to disabling pain and the need for a wheelchair. She'll take us down her journey from being wheelchair-bound to ultimately running a marathon and getting her life back. Aches and Gains is supported by Medtronic, Purdue Pharma, Teva Pharmaceuticals, Millennium Laboratories, Atlantis Health Group, Boston Scientific, and Depot Med Incorporated. For live online listening to Aches and Gains, please go to paulchristomd.com. To access podcasts of the show, please go to paulchristomd.com. If you have any questions or comments for Dr. Christo, please email him at achesandgains at gmail.com. Nicole Hemingway is the author of No, It's Not in My Head. She struggled with CRPS, that is Complex Regional Pain Syndrome, for 13 years. Her book chronicles her journey through the medical system in search of an effective treatment for this elusive and debilitating neurologic disorder. Nicole, welcome to Aches and Gains. Thank you so much for having me today, Dr. Christo. I like the name of your book, No. It's not in my head. I mean, many of my own patients say the same thing to me. Why did you choose this title? I chose it probably for the same reason that so many of your patients say that to you, Mm -hmm. because you feel crazy. You feel like everyone thinks that you're making it up and it's all in your head. And I, that's what I said over and over during my own journey. And so I thought how fitting to use that as the title. Why do you think that other people feel like you're crazy? I think it's because it's something you can't see. Mm -hmm. And so it's all subjective. And I also sometimes think that depending on the person. I know I was so young when I was first diagnosed and I'm a female that I think that there's more times that you just feel like no one's going to believe you. That's right. I mean, I hear other female patients of mine say something very similar to that. The manifestations of complex regional pain syndrome are often really out of proportion to the event that caused it. What was the initial injury that triggered the event? In 1994, I was playing a game of basketball with some of my friends, and I fell and sprained my ankle, Uh and I developed RSD in my ankle after that. It took about three months to be diagnosed, and then I had one epidural block and I was better. Uh 
uh, for about four or five years, and then it came back. Complex regional pain syndrome was once known as RSD. It's a debilitating neurologic syndrome uh, that is pretty rare, but there are at least 50,000 new cases that are occurring annually in the United States. And according to one study, the incidence may be as high as 7% following a, a fracture. Nicole, will you describe for us what kind of symptoms you experienced? My symptoms were lots of burning pain, shooting pain, hypersensitive. I couldn't have anything touch my limb at all. Mm -hmm. Um, But the most intense one was just the burning. It just felt like my foot. And then when it went into my hand, my hand was just on fire. I had it just in a cauldron of boiling water. But it got worse where I, I couldn't leave bed and I was in a dark room. I couldn't have any lights around. We had to hang up blankets to block out just the slightest rays that might come through the windows, even with the shades and the blinds. I couldn't use the phone. I barely could just roll over or sit up to take medicine. I basically was just counting every second and just saying, I I survived another second. I'm here another second. Wow. Yeah. You know, my patients will say that uh, the pain is burning, as you mentioned. It can be tearing or stinging or throbbing even. You know, complex regional pain syndrome generally follows musculoskeletal trauma. It's triggered by things like fractures or surgery or stroke even, um, sometimes a crush injury, immobilization with a cast or something as innocuous as a sprain. It occurs more frequently in young adults and women, and we've learned that psychological stressors and poor coping skills can influence the history and the severity of the syndrome. Most patients will say that they feel temperature changes in their, in their extremity. Uh, it may swell. The skin color can change from sometimes purple to red. They describe alterations in sweat patterns. Hair patterns can change. The texture of their nails can change. We can become more brittle, for example. And ultimately, their arm or their leg can become extremely weak. Nicole, did your symptoms move from one part of your body to another? Correct. And that was in 1994. And then I was fine for about four years. And then in 1998, I was a senior in high school and I gave my friend a high five Uh and we missed. And my right pinky and ring finger made direct contact with her palm. I sprained two tendons and then my hand closed into a fist and it never opened for another five years. Wow. I mean, that's really incredible. You mentioned earlier that you had an epidural block uh, to help reduce the pain in your foot. Will you describe what treatments you had that essentially gave you relief for four years before this incident occurred? I was in aggressive physical therapy for 10 months. Mm -hmm. The pain did go away and I was able to move my ankle and my foot again and I was able to carry on just a normal life for another four years, and and then it happened again. Yes, I mean, it's surprising that you developed it in another extremity, and we'll find out much more about that when we return from the break. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and you're listening to Aches and Gains. Aches and Gains is supported by Medtronic, the global leader in medical technology, alleviating pain, restoring health, and extending life for millions of people around the world. Teva 
the leading global pharmaceutical company committed to increasing access to high-quality health care by developing, producing, and marketing affordable generic medicines, as well as innovative and specialty pharmaceuticals. Millennium Laboratories, a leader in the science of toxicology and pharmacogenetics, is transforming the way healthcare professionals monitor and manage their patients' medication therapy. Through the use of advanced technology supported by research and education, Millennium helps practitioners personalize care for patients. For more information, please visit www.millenniumlabs.com. And we're back. Before we talk about CRPS that developed in your other extremity, I'd like to know how early the diagnosis was made uh, of CRPS in your ankle. Because patients who delay treatment for more than six months, we think have a poor prognosis. And in fact, some experts believe that early stage CRPS may even be reversible. They did do the extreme measure of doing the epidural nerve block right then instead of waiting and postponing and just trying more and more physical therapy. Yes, absolutely. In fact, you had that epidural injection about four months after your diagnosis. Nicole, paint a picture for us of what that hand looked like after you injured the tendons. Within 30 minutes, my hand slowly just closed into a claw Uh and then into a fist. And then it started to swell. So all of my fingers sort of looked like Vienna sausages, but it was still in this claw-like position that I I could move if I used my other hand, Mm -hmm. but I could not do it on my own. You must have been scared to death. And it's amazing that that happened to your hand so quickly. Exactly. Yes. And I think that was also part of the problem that sometimes the doctors didn't believe me when it came back. Mm -hmm. They just didn't think that it it would come on that fast. Exactly. What did you do next? The following day, I went and saw my general practitioner. Mm-hmm. He just told me that it looked like I had sprained a few tendons. Everything should be okay. Just rest. Uh, and it just wasn't getting any better. And so then you start seeing the doctors more frequently. You start seeing specialists. And I knew because of my past and what I had experienced four years prior. Yeah. And so... I started going into appointments saying, are you sure this is an RSD? I'm just a little concerned. That's what it Mm -hmm. is. And I wanted a diagnosis right away because I I did know it it helps to start the process as soon as possible. Doctor after doctor just kept saying, it's too early to say. We don't think that's what it is. We went through the gauntlet of tests and I just felt like nobody believed me and I was crazy. Yeah, that must have been extremely demoralizing for you. And with respect to testing... I tell my patients that the tests that are performed to try to diagnose complex regional pain syndrome are really done to rule out other possible causes of the syndrome. They don't make the diagnosis. The diagnosis is based on a careful history and physical examination. Nicole, help us visualize and understand more about what happened to your hand. So the hand was closed into a fist and it was really swollen. It would get shiny. It would be sort of white and then it would go red. I experienced lots of burning and then sort of like electrical shock, Mm -hmm. like I was getting struck by lightning, but it was, again, just contained to my right hand. I felt at a certain point that I didn't think my hand could expand any further. It just felt like it was this balloon that was about to pop. And then the inside of the hand would start to sweat. Mm -hmm. You didn't want to touch it to clean it out, and it just kind of smelled. It, It just was an excruciating feeling and you just wanted it to stop. And when no one believes you, you really don't know where to go from there because you're not making it up. You're right. You're not making it up. And uh, and I'm sorry you had to go through that. Did you have any changes to the fingernails? I mean, I've had some patients who cannot 
cut their fingernails and have not done so for probably two or three years because it's just too painful. I noticed that my, my fingernails didn't grow that fast once the disease hit, which I consider to be a blessing. Uh-huh. But I did make sure that I would try to open it up and cut the nail yeah. because I was I was too nervous that they would just start digging into my skin and then I would have open sores. Sure. Uh, if you stuck my hand um, on a pillow, mm-hmm. it would feel sort of like rocks and pebbles. You know, and there's a term for that. It's called allodynia, which is uh, pain due to a non-painful stimulus, if you will. It's like having a really bad sunburn. What many people don't realize is how destructive complex regional pain syndrome can be to just daily living. How bad did complex regional pain syndrome get? If you protect your your hand or your limb as much as possible, Mm -hmm. clothes, I would only wear um, shirts that were short sleeves. I hated the wind. Showers became where you would almost try to, you keep your hand outside of the shower and clean as much as you could. It got to the point though, where, I mean, I wasn't even able to take a shower for 10 months. I couldn't take a bath for 10 months. Mm -hmm. And I started just getting my hair washed every two weeks, going somewhere and somebody would wash it. Wow. You know, it's amazing how this particular syndrome can completely change your life. We have to take a break, and when we come back, we'll talk to Nicole about the emotional component of having complex regional pain syndrome. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and you're listening to Aches and Gains. Aches and Gains is supported by Purdue Pharma, making a positive impact on healthcare and on lives, reminding everyone to safeguard medications in their home. Atlantis Health Group. Atlantis is a comprehensive multi-specialty physician group committed to enhancing the quality and process of healthcare delivery across the country. Visit AtlantisHG.com. Boston Scientific, a leader in microelectric implantable technologies used to treat chronic neuropathic pain. Welcome back. We're here with Nicole Hemingway, who has written a book called No, It's Not in My Head. She suffered from complex regional pain syndrome in her left ankle and then later in her right hand. Nicole, how did complex regional pain syndrome impact you emotionally? I felt guilty. I felt ashamed. I felt unworthy. Mm-hmm. I basically didn't know how to go on finding a way to, to find meaning in my yeah. life. That was the main thing I was looking for because everything that I based who I was on was no longer there. That's right. Your self-image uh, you know, had, had completely changed. Many of my patients will also say that uh, really, you know, they, the psychological and social toll of having complex regional pain syndrome, and, and let me mention financial as well, is extreme. I mean, many of my patients feel anxious and depressed, and that's understandable, but some even feel suicidal, and that's tragic. Nicole, the, the pain of complex regional pain syndrome often reaches levels above things like amputation of a, of a finger and childbirth. What do you say? I would agree. I, I would agree. Um, I'm laughing because I, I did just have a son 15 m- months ago. Uh-huh. Um, I originally was going to do it without any drugs because I thought, oh, it's nothing, it's nothing. And then, and then I, I did have the epidural, and I'm, I'm grateful I did. Yeah. But looking back, RSC pain is just excruciating, mm-hmm. and it's comparable, if not worse. Yeah, yeah. Uh, two and a half years later, that is after the diagnosis of uh, complex regional pain syndrome in your hand, uh, you felt that the disease spread to your elbow, your shoulder, and then to various different parts of your body. Ultimately, you had to rely on a wheelchair. Why? It was around 2002, 
And I decided that I had had enough of all the medications and all of the procedures, and I found this non-invasive electrical stimulation device. Uh-huh. And so I was trying to come off of my all the medicine. And during withdrawals, that was when the disease did go throughout my whole body, and that is when I actually did swell, and I was in a wheelchair at that point, or bedridden. Wow. How long? It was on and off for about 10 months. Mm. Your book is subtitled, The Journey of a Chronic Pain Survivor from Wheelchair to Marathon. After you recovered, were you actually able to run a marathon? I did run a half marathon, Uh and the reason I did it was because I just needed to prove and show myself that there are no limitations to life except the ones that I'm putting on myself. And I I needed it to to prove to myself that I view myself as healed. I still had flare-ups and episodes, but at that time, I mean, I had use of my right hand again. The disease wasn't really in control of my life. Right. I mean, it sounds like you regained control of your life and overcame the obstacles to living, which is fantastic. Nicole, there are a number of treatments that are used to help reduce the pain and disability of complex regional pain syndrome. And let's start with some of the medications. Which were the most effective for you? Well, at the end, I mean, I was on morphine for two and a half years. Yeah. In the beginning, they were helpful. They definitely decreased my pain. I had to continually take more and more. At the end, I was on so much that it, it was it was just a matter of time before I suffered really bad side effects. Mm-hmm. And so I knew that I needed to find a way to get off of them. Sure. I mean, I have patients who are on other medications and then ultimately do require opioids to get better pain relief so they can actually move their extremity, that is their arm or their leg, and do physical therapy that's crucial to treating this condition. There are also a number of side effects that are associated with using opioids, things like fatigue and sedation, even some endocrine changes. That is, in men, sometimes we see decrease in testosterone levels, and in women, some changes or or lowered levels of estrogen uh, or progesterone. What did you experience? Constipation was probably the worst, and also fluid retention. Yeah. Now, I'm glad you mentioned constipation because a lot of uh, patients are reluctant to describe that as a side effect of opioid therapy, and it often is and doesn't go away and needs to be treated. Uh, Nicole, I know you had numerous nerve blocks to try to reduce the pain of CRPS in your hand and arm, but the most effective and crucial nerve block was something called a stellate ganglion block. Tell us about that. The stellate ganglion nerve block was the one that we did over and over and over again. Yeah. And the reason that one was so important and we kept doing it was just because it helped when I was going to physical therapy, which I did every day, to make sure that we could open up my hand and stretch it out. Mm -hmm. Excellent point. Let me explain. The stellate ganglion is part of the sympathetic nervous system. It lies deep in the neck on both sides at about the level of the Adam's apple. Blocking this nerve bundle with local anesthetics opens up blood vessels that might be overly constricted from complex regional pain syndrome. And it also decreases the release of a substance called norepinephrine. We think that norepinephrine may trigger certain nerve fibers to fire in in patients who have complex regional pain syndrome. So lessening that amount can reduce pain. The hallmark treatment for complex regional pain syndrome is both physical and occupational therapy. I mean, physiotherapy. I tell all my patients that I I don't want them to lose function of their arm or leg, so I get them to use their arm or leg again and again. I mean, that's crucial. The pain therapies, I mean, things like uh, stellate ganglion blocks or other sympathetic nerve blocks or some of the medications that we've talked about or spinal cord stimulation, pain pumps, 
cognitive behavioral therapy, that is pain psychology, and even ketamine infusions all aid in the effort by breaking down the barrier of fear of using that part of the body. Exactly. And I and that is something I'm so grateful that I had an amazing physical therapist mm-hmm. and also an occupational therapist that really pushed me and explained to me the reasons and the benefits of them stretching out the hands. Yeah. Um, but you just have to find what works. And I urge everybody when they're doing it as awful and as painful as it is, it does help to continue with physical and occupational therapy and stretching as much as you can. Yeah, absolutely. Great points. Before we uh, break, I want to mention that uh, complex regional pain syndrome is not only then we think a disease of the peripheral nervous system, which is those nerves that exist outside the brain and spinal cord, but also a disease of the central nervous system, that is the brain and spinal cord. And in fact, uh, special MRI imaging called functional MRI imaging shows Uh, what's called cortical reorganization in patients with CRPS, which means that the brain is not processing pain properly. But what's fantastic to know is that when those patients have been followed up later on, a reversal of these brain changes or cortical changes has been shown from pain reduction therapies. Another emerging theory on the development of CRPS is related to autoimmunity. There have been some studies of patients with CRPS uh, that have shown autoantibodies targeting certain nerve cells called autonomic neurons, like the stellate ganglion that we referred to before. When we come back, we'll talk to Nicole about what treatments have been most effective, and we'll focus on complementary and alternative medicine treatments first. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and this is Aches and Gains. Aches and Gains is supported by DepoMed Incorporated, a specialty pharmaceutical company focused on developing and commercializing products to treat pain and other central nervous system conditions. To access podcasts of the show, please go to paulchristomd.com. That's paulchristomd.com. Follow us on Twitter at drpaulchristo and like us on Facebook, Aches and Gains. Welcome back. Tell us about the complementary and alternative medicine treatments that that have been successful for you. I do acupuncture. Uh I see a guided imagery specialist. I did chakra alignments. I I used crystals. I looked into color therapy. I see an upper cervical spine specialist, a chiropractor. Mm -hmm. The STS machine that is a non-invasive electrical stimulation device that balances the autonomic nervous system. I see. And the STS machine, I think, is short for sympathetic therapy system, which is uh, which uses electrodes that are placed on acupressure points. Nicole, how much total relief have you had from all of these therapies? That's fantastic. I want to mention, too, that uh, the use of a drug called ketamine, either topically or intravenously as an outpatient, has shown to be effective in certain studies. And now let's talk about antioxidants, because one study showed that vitamin C taken after wrist fracture was found to reduce the risk of developing complex regional pain syndrome. And finally, you know, I do tell my patients to postpone surgery until the signs of complex regional pain syndrome are minimal. And if you need surgery, then talk to the surgeon and anesthesiologist about performing certain nerve blocks that may help reduce the risk of relapse. Nicole, what can friends and family do to be the most supportive during this painful and debilitating period? Sometimes it's the littlest things, even just sending a note in the mail to them Mm -hmm. that just says, I care and I'm here for you. 
means everything. There are no words. I don't think that they need to say anything. It's just letting them know that they're not forgotten. Right. And that they're there if they ever need anything. Absolutely. I think that really reflects the importance of being present. In your book, you vowed that you would fight like hell to get through the agony. How can others who feel that there's no end in sight find hope? I think you just have to keep believing. Mm -hmm. My whole thing is I woke up every day saying today might be the day that I find my answer. I knew if I got better once, I could do it again. I just had to keep fighting. And you did. And you should be proud of that. Nicole, I want to thank you so much for joining us today on Aches and Gains. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here. The views and opinions expressed in this radio program are solely the views of Dr. Paul Christo and do not necessarily express the views of this radio station and Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine, nor an endorsement by any or all of them of any of its content. This show provides medical information, not advice. Please consult your personal physician before engaging in any course of treatment or use of any of the techniques or products discussed on this show. Discussion of particular uses of products on this show have not been approved by any of the manufacturers of such products. To access podcasts of the show, please go to paulchristomd.com. That's paulchristomd.com. Aches and Gains is produced by Tom Blair and Ty Ford. Elsa Langford is the technical consultant and engineer. Dr. Paul Christo is the executive producer. Thanks for listening. This is Aches and Gains with Dr. Paul Christo.